In typical partisan political fashion, nobody wants to accept responsibility for the sluggish response to the coronavirus. And for the most part, I don't think any one group of people or person is wholly responsible for the outbreak, except for China. They were the ones who were obfuscating data and making it hard for us to respond to this properly. Now, early on, Donald Trump started the task force. He suspended travel from China. And while this was going on, the Democrats were trying to impeach him. Mitch McConnell came out and said it was the impeachment that distracted us and slowed our response. Now, Donald Trump responded to this saying he doesn't think he would have acted any differently, even if he wasn't being impeached. And that was kind of a freebie for the Democrats because they're being accused of slowing things up. Well, Nancy Pelosi, leader of the Democrats, has responded to Mitch McConnell and the way she's responded, dare I say, is going to backfire really bad on her. You see, she lied, sort of. Well, she's claiming she knew about the coronavirus. And this is where it gets confusing. If she knew about this, then what did she do? Did she ignore it? Why was she prioritizing the impeachment of Donald Trump when she knew this was going on? It's fair to say it's not that she ignored it, but she didn't think it was very serious. If that's the case, Why is she actually saying in the same paragraph that Donald Trump's delay cost lives? He was acting much sooner than you were, and you claimed you knew about it. Now, here's where it gets even worse for her. She claims she knew about it, but on February 24th, she was encouraging people to gather publicly. Just own it. None of us saw this coming. No one did. I mean, some people did. In January, Fox News was talking about it, but everybody, you know, no one really expected we'd see hundreds of thousands of people. The president didn't. You didn't think so. Nobody did. To play this game now and act like you were somehow on the ball, but encouraging public gatherings just shows that you were willfully putting people's lives at risk. So no, this lie doesn't seem to make sense. And to make matters worse, during the State of the Union address, Donald Trump on February, I believe it was February 5th, said that he was taking precautions to protect America from the coronavirus. And after that, Nancy, you tore up that speech. I do not believe it's fair to say that you knew what was going on. You didn't. Right now, Donald Trump has finally invoked the Defense Production Act to make sure masks made in America stay in America. Joe Biden is nowhere to be seen, and Democratic leadership is focused on investigating the president again. So if you want to talk about blame, first and foremost, China, 90-something percent. Certainly there are people in America who are more deserving of blame than others. Most of it goes to China. But I do have to be critical. How can you come out and blame the president for what's going on when you are focused on investigations instead of actually saving American lives. Now, it is true that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are going to be working on the next stimulus package, so good on them. But Adam Schiff is now starting a fact-finding mission to investigate the president's response. How does that help us? We've got Andrew Cuomo, who just signed an executive order to commandeer emergency medical equipment from other hospitals in the state. Good on him. See, there's a Democrat doing something right. But in Congress, you have Pelosi and Schiff going for investigations and lying about what's really happening. You have Chuck Schumer doing the same thing. They they all claim they knew about it, but they were ignoring it. So no, you can't claim Trump downplayed this and delayed when he did more than you were doing. Let's read through the story and I'll break it all down for you. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about the latest efforts Trump has taken, which it, it could be Well, there's a risk to international relations. Trump is, uh, the FBI is seizing exports on medical equipment. Canada's angry. Not that I think it necessarily matters because why would we give our medical supplies away to other countries when we're in desperate need? 
But let's focus on the, the first portion of this, what Nancy Pelosi has said and how this lie is going to backfire on her, or maybe it already did. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. If you think I do a good job, sharing just helps my content. And make sure to subscribe, hit the like button, that really helps, and hit the notification bell if you want to get more content like this. Newsweek reports, Pelosi rips McConnell for blaming coronavirus response on impeachment, says he didn't face reality. That delay cost lives. In an interview earlier today with MSNBC anchor person Andrea Mitchell, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi blasted Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell for his comment on Tuesday, claiming that the impeachment trial diverted presidential and congressional Republican attention from the threat of coronavirus emerging in China. Quote, that's so sad, Pelosi said. They can't handle their jobs, I guess, because what are they saying? We ignored it. It was self-evident. Most people knew about it and certainly those of responsibility. So I say of that, either you can't handle your job, but don't blame impeachment on that. Just blame it on the fact that you didn't want to face the reality and that denial and that delay cost lives. Uh, It wasn't the Democrats who started the travel restriction from China. It wasn't the Democrats who started the task force. You were focused on impeachment. She added, she's not surprised considering that the Trump administration supports a Supreme Court case challenging the constitutionality of the Obama era health plan that the case was brought forth by governors of red states and could effectively shut down ACA and its protections, leaving an estimated 20 million people without health insurance. It's really, really funny. Man, it is a weird time to be a Democrat. Gallup poll shows congressional approval uh, approval for Republicans in Congress is higher than that of Democrats. And you're going to love this next part. In a hilarious meme style post from June Shuanhead, she points out something quite hilarious. Just to refute that one point, A story from Business Insider. Trump says it doesn't seem fair that 30 million Americans are uninsured and suggests he may expand Medicare or Medicaid. That sounds almost like universal health care coming from Trump. That's surprising. And what's this? On MSNBC just now, Joe Biden tells Yasmin he opposes Medicare for all. What? So Donald Trump didn't come out and say Medicare for all. He said, we've got to figure this out. It's not fair. We can't have 30 million people uninsured. And we're, you know, we're, we're basically in a big emergency. Nancy Pelosi wants to throw shade at Trump, but your nominee is to the right of Trump on health care reform. What? <laughs> you know what, man? This is the weirdest timeline. Trump, someone asked Trump a question and he said, it's, it's a fair point. You know, we've got to figure out what we do for these people. I don't know what you expect. I don't know how this is sustainable. And I don't like the idea of communi- a free trial to communism, you know, or, or OK, that's a little hyperbolic, a free trial to socialism. But in, in times of an emergency, I don't think giving people emergency aid for now is socialism. It's an emergency, right? That's when it's good. You don't want to have this thing running forever. But to Trump's credit as well, Trump says he wouldn't have acted differently on coronavirus without impeachment. So Nancy Pelosi's mad at Mitch McConnell for saying it, but Trump actually is kind of on her side. And it's true. Check this out. The State of the Union address, the full text, protecting, I'm sorry, I have the full transcript pulled up. Here's a quote. Here's a snippet. Protecting Americans' health also means fighting infectious diseases. We are coordinating with the Chinese government and working closely together on the coronavirus outbreak in China. My administration will take all necessary steps to safeguard our citizens from that from from this threat. Incredible. In early February, about a week after he started the task force, he addressed the nation about this. 
How can you claim the president had downplayed it too much when he literally said we are focusing on this and the Democrats, what did Nancy Pelosi do? As most of you know, she tears up Trump's State of the Union speech, impossible 2020 tipping point, they say. Why was Pelosi so angry? Maybe it was the fact that Trump is totally getting away with undermining the election, or maybe it was all the lying. Was this a lie? Incredible. The, 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 the State of the Union, a lie. I, I, that, that's what I find most fascinating about the argument against the State of the Union address is that she's justified in doing this because she didn't like that he was lying. Well, there you go. One of the most important statements made on the matter. And no, it wasn't a lie. It was, it was true. We were facing a very serious threat. Many of us didn't know how bad it would get. And no, you're not justified in doing this. If Nancy Pelosi really knew about this, then why on February 24th did she encourage public gatherings? Because own it, dude, you didn't know about this. And that's fine. The impeachment was a mistake. Everyone knows it was a mistake. It's about time you owned up to it. Even Donald Trump pointed out in his letter to Schumer that it just made his polls go up. Yet here we go. Democrats want to investigate Trump once again, not getting on board to actually help. Chuck Schumer sent a letter to the president that apparently he didn't even know what was going on. He asked for things that Trump had already done. He's clearly not paying attention. I just don't get it, man. Check this out. Pelosi encouraged public gatherings in late February, weeks after Trump's China travel ban. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was out in San Francisco's Chinatown in late February, encouraging people to go out in public and spend money at local businesses despite concerns regarding the spread of the coronavirus. Quote, it's exciting to be here, especially at this time, to be able to be unified with our community, Pelosi said on February 24th. We want to be vigilant about what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it. But we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We, we're again, careful, safe, and come join us. Two days later, the San Francisco Chronicle ran a story titled, Get Ready Now for Probable Coronavirus Pandemic in U.S. Federal Officials Warn. President Trump banned travel to the U.S. from China by foreign nationals in late January. On March 19th, California Governor Newsom implemented a lockdown of the entire state, shuttering bars, restaurants, and other non-essential businesses. Okay, okay. Pelosi didn't really know. She's lying now. I can accept that. But you, I can still point out that if the president mentioned this in a State of the Union address, maybe you shouldn't have ripped it up. Maybe you should have been paying attention to what he was saying instead of calling it all lies. Maybe when Trump said, we're going to ban travel from China, you should have paid attention and not encouraged massive public gatherings in major urban centers. It's no surprise now what's happening in New York. New York, the hardest hit hotspot in the country because Bill de Blasio and his administration were saying, go out and celebrate. So everybody who gets sick, well, you encouraged it. I'm not going to blame you for that. Many people didn't understand. But you said Trump's delay cost lives. When Trump banned travel, you wanted people to go out. You went the other direction. It just doesn't make sense. You got to own it. Otherwise, what you're really telling the world is that you purposefully put people's lives at risk. Come on. I don't think that's true. You just need to accept that you were wrong. Pelosi attacked Trump over the weekend for not doing more to combat the spread of the virus. The president, his denial at the beginning was deadly. His delaying of getting equipment to wear to wear it continues his delaying in getting equipment to where it's needed is deadly. This is such a tragedy. We don't even know the magnitude of it because we don't have adequate testing. Trump responded to the remarks Monday, calling House Speaker a sick puppy. How about this? So, so this is the story from San Francisco, right? So, so we know within a couple of days they were saying it was getting bad. But how about this one? Chuck Schumer, February 9th, 
So proud to join the Chinatown Lunar New Year Parade today in New York City, wishing everyone health, uh, happiness, and good fortune. Year of the Red. This is great. I have no problem with this. Good on you, Chuck Schumer. No one saw it coming. And you wanted to go out and celebrate with everybody. And I think that's a fine thing. But none of you can pretend now that Trump was slow on this and you were faster because you were doing nothing. Of course, now what they're doing is, you know, Schiff and Pelosi are launching these investigation or oversight committees. The latest update on this front, Devin Nunes decries stunt. Fox News reports House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who a little over two months ago led Democrats prosecution and President Trump's impeachment trial following an extensive investigation, is working to launch a new review concerning the administration's actions, this time calling for a nonpartisan commission on the government's coronavirus response. Schiff, after repeatedly criticizing the president's response to the COVID pandemic, said Wednesday he would work to create a panel to review the government's actions and readiness. How hilarious is that? Could you imagine that like someone warned you of something and the other dude is like sitting around just like not paying attention? And then once you get started on this, that guy starts complaining you didn't do a good enough job. Schiff was asleep on the job. He was super concerned about how the orange man was bad. And so he didn't, he was not prepared for this. Neither was Pelosi, neither was Schumer. Trump could have done more. I've said it a million times, but they were doing nothing. So how does it make sense that they're criticizing him now? It absolutely does not. And this is why Donald Trump can expect to win again. Check out this story. Former Obama advisor Pluff predicts historical level of turnout by Trump supporters. You know why? No one is blaming Trump for this. Why the Democrats are trying to, I have no idea. But even among independents and Democrats, Trump's approval rating as it pertains to the coronavirus is going up. And I've said it a million times, but yes, it just keeps going up. The Hill reports, former, Ob- former Obama campaign manager David Pluff on Thursday predicted that supporters of President Trump will turn out at a historical level on Election Day, creating a very dangerous scenario for former Vice President Joe Biden. Pluff speaking to the Fox News Rundown podcast shortly after record high jobless claims were announced, said Trump voters will will head to the polls to cast their ballots for the president despite the coronavirus pandemic and economic fallout. You look at the economic situation and say, how can it how can an incumbent win in that? But you know, no one's blaming Trump for the damage, Pluff said. I think if you can lay his crisis response at, the, at his feet and connect that to the economy, I do think that's that's some headwind he's got to run into. Pluff, who was considered the architect of former President Obama's successful 08 White House bid, said Trump is still well positioned for repeat victories in Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin because his base is so solid. And I think he's going to turn out voters almost at a historical level on on his behalf. So that makes him very dangerous if you're Joe Biden. Isn't it hilarious that I am basically saying the same thing as Obama's principal advisor? Don't believe the hype. We're not talking about policy positions. We're talking about weird tribalism. Tribalism, I don't care about. If Nancy Pelosi came out and admitted they were distracted and they want to work now, I would give them credit. Andrew Cuomo is taking actions. I don't like the partisan bickering, but for the most part, I think he's doing the best job he can. And he has my support in that regard, because right now that's what we that's what we should be focused on. Cuomo, the Democrat, Trump, the Republican. Let's make sure they both get what they need to save lives and get us through this. Now is not the time for investigations, partisan bickering. And that goes for Mitch McConnell, too. Look, I get it. The impeachment was bad, but even Trump is not playing that game. So Mitch McConnell wants to come out and throw shade at the Democrats. I don't think that's appropriate. 
Nancy Pelosi, don't come back and lie. And good on Donald Trump for not playing that game and saying, no, no, I wouldn't have done anything differently. That's respectable. The Hill says Trump won what were considered blue wall states, including Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania in 2016, when he unexpectedly defeated uh, Hillary Clinton. Biden holds small leads over Trump in each of those three states, according to the Real Clear Politics Index of polls, while Trump has a slight edge in Florida. In a Gallup poll released last week, 94% of Republicans approve of the president's performance with his job approval at 49% among all voters. A recent ABC News Washington Post survey found that 74% of Biden voters support him enthusiastically compared to 86% of Trump supporters who back the president. Now that is misleading. They're not showing you the real breakdown. The real breakdown is Joe Biden does not have enthusiastic support. He has like 26% of his base saying they're not enthusiastic at all, and 49% who are somewhat, whereas Trump has 53% that are extremely enthusiastic. What we're seeing now is that liberals, this person, Obama's advisor, can recognize whatever your policy position is, Trump is poised to win, and the Democrats just aren't pulling it off. Nobody blames Donald Trump for this. And now in what may be the weirdest 180 I have ever seen, Trump says it doesn't seem fair that 30 million Americans are uninsured and suggests he may expand Medicare or Medicaid. What? Now, Trump might not do this. And I don't necessarily know if it's a good idea for an emergency, perhaps. You know, here's here's what might happen because of the coronavirus and because of how long it'll take. We might actually be forced to implement some kind of national Medicare for all system. My understanding with the national healthcare systems in Europe is that World War II made it essential. You had to do it because people had no means. The economy was in shambles and they had to implement something. Trump might not do it. I don't think he necessarily will. But he literally just pulled the rug out from all of the other Democrats because not only is it true that he's not playing the bickering game to a certain degree, he is, but he's not jumping in this in the fray between McConnell and Pelosi. He's actively doing things like invoking the Defense Production Act, which Democrats have demanded. And now he's to the left of Joe Biden, whether he implements this or not. Joe Biden is straight up saying, no, the coronavirus hasn't changed Joe Biden's mind on Medicare for all. Single payer will not solve that at all, he said Monday. But Donald Trump says he it might. You know what, man? It, Trump probably wouldn't implement this. I'd be surprised if he did. But he just won the talking point versus Biden. That's, to me, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But let's talk about what Trump's really doing. You want to you talk about delay, delayed response, whatever. Here's what the Democrats are doing right now. Pelosi and Schiff are actively engaging in some kind of oversight and investigation. Why? I just don't know. But Trump has invoked the Defense Production Act to mandate uh, uh, 3M Corporation, the 3M Corporation, to produce more masks, bring them here. Now, 3M pushed back saying, no, no, we must export these masks for international relations. It's an interesting argument. Their, can, their argument is that, you know, Canada and, these, and Latin American countries would shut off exports to our country if Trump invoked this. But it's going to happen. Like in New York, Cuomo did basically the same thing. Look at this. Cuomo signs order for New York to commandeer ventilators and protective gear. Where's the criticism towards Cuomo for doing something? Now, I get it. Cuomo is not necessarily dealing with international borders. He kind of is because New York has a border with Canada. But 3M is arguing they should be allowed to sell masks that we need in our shortage to a foreign country. I understand that Canada and other countries need medical equipment as well. 
But can we secure the masks of the person sitting next to us before we secure our own? You're not supposed to do that. In which case, we have a shortage. We are quite literally going to put our own masks on first before we give any away. Otherwise, we won't be able to help anyone. NPR says a key maker of N95 masks, 3M, is arguing against a Trump administration request. Well, it's not a request. Trump signed a Defense Production Act order Thursday specifically aimed at requiring 3M to prioritize orders from the U.S. government. The president and others have criticized 3M with some officials saying it allows or even encourages profiteering during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Trump, he's doing stuff. Things are happening for better or for worse. Now he's being slammed and smeared in the media. That is not what we need right now. And I wish Pelosi and Schiff would get off their high horses and, and, and do what we're seeing Cuomo do. Fight COVID. Fight for the American people. Stop just screaming that the orange man is bad. Trudeau is uh, not happy about it. Trudeau of Canada warns U.S. against denying exports of medical supplies to Canada. And he basically says that if you block exports here, we'll block exports back and we rely on each other. I can't tell you what to expect. But over in Europe, there is a war breaking out for coronavirus uh, masks, essentially. CNN calls it the war for masks. But Europe is supposed to be this union. They're supposed, you know, but they're not. They're shutting down borders with each other and things are escalating. I'm going to leave it here because I don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty of what other countries are doing. I just wanted to bring out one simple point. The president is doing things. He could be doing better, probably, whatever you want to base it on. Some people don't like the guy and they think he's not doing good enough. That's a fair point. What do you compare it to? But the fact remains, and, I, and, I, and forgive me for saying it so much, but we cannot, we cannot solve this problem without everyone helping, without everyone getting on board to do what they need to do. Now, I, my respect will go to the Democrats when they, as they, they're coming forward for the stimulus package. My understanding is that many of them are actually abandoning these weird provisions they wanted to put in in the first place and going for a more streamlined package. So that's what we need to see from them. You will absolutely get my respect if you do the right thing. So to that, I say, thank you. It's the right thing to do. Let's get a streamlined, simplified bill. None of this weird bloat in it that gives money to weird organizations. We just need to make sure the economy functions and we don't need, you know, climate change provisions and like emissions testing and like gender equity stuff. So that's my understanding that they're actually, they've actually walked away from that. Good, good, good. Let's get the job done. For the time being, let me just say, please drop the investigation nonsense, stop bickering and complaining, and don't pretend that you knew because you've basically admitted to putting people at risk. That's insane. I don't, I'm not going to play a game where I'm going to be like, aha, Pelosi admits she was trying to get people sick. No, no, no. She's just trying to save face right now and she's lying doing it. I wish it wasn't the case, but it seems to be over the past several years, it's all we've ever gotten from them, which is why I'm basically out. Because I got my complaints about Republicans, but I'll tell you what, the reason why the Gallup poll shows Republicans in Congress with a higher approval than Democrats is because the Democrats have been bouncing back and forth. And all they've really been saying is orange man bad instead of actively trying to do things to help people. Of course, Democrats have done things to help people. I'm saying too much of what they do. The majority of what they do is focused on being angry at Republicans. And the same is true for the media. This is why trust in media is going down. We can't function this way. Y'all need to stop and just fight to help people survive this. Next segment will be coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews, 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yes, it's true. The Democrats are planning a new investigation into Donald Trump, and this is the worst possible time to do it. And according to Adam Schiff, they've already begun 
preliminary fact finding, which would suggest the investigation is already underway. In the meantime, Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, has been very critical of Trump, and it seems like they have no idea what they're talking about. Both Biden and Schumer have made comments that were immediately refuted, claiming things like uh, a military commander should be in charge of testing, to which the White House was like, that's exactly who's in charge of testing? Like, what are you talking about? So Schumer apparently sends this letter to Trump, and Trump decides to respond with a White House letter, April 2nd, nuking the Democrats from orbit. Listen, man, this is not policy. This is not liberal conservative. This is people doing stuff and people not doing stuff. Nowhere in this is Trump saying we should have more taxes or less taxes or pro-life or pro-choice or anything like that. There's no real policy position on whether or not these people are liberal conservative. They're just bickering. So let me tell you my beef with the, with the Democrats right now. I got no beef because w- with policy because they're not talking about policy. Trump right now is working on the coronavirus pandemic. Most Americans support him in his effort, thinking he's doing the best he can. I happen to agree. You, you, you see the media trying to lie and smear, and it's really annoying how people, these, de- these default liberal types, just don't pay attention and they forget. They forget the news media on January 27th. Media Matters saying Fox News was fear-mongering about the coronavirus. Today, they say Fox News is downplaying the coronavirus. Both can't be true, you morons. But let me read, for, read, read you this letter. Chuck Schumer is appalled, dare I say, harumph. He's shocked that the president would resort to such partisan bickering, saying we need an unpolitical response. I'm sorry, dude. Pelosi and Schiff are launching investigations into the president, and you want to act, you want, you, you want to ride in on your high horse? Now, listen, this letter from Donald Trump, uh, it's kind of hilarious. It is. This is the politics we deserve. Let, let me read for you this, uh, this letter um, so you can see how Donald Trump has officially nuked them from orbit. He writes, Dear Senator Schumer, Thank you for your Democrat public relations letter and incorrect sound bites, which are wrong in every way. One, as you are aware, Vice President Pence is in charge of the task force. By almost all accounts, he has done a spectacular job. Two, the Defense Production Act has been consistently used by my team and me for the purchase of billions of dollars worth of equipment, medical supplies, ventilators, and other related items. It has been, uh, it has been powerful leverage, so powerful that companies generally do whatever we are asking without even a formal notice. They know something is coming and that's all they need to know. Right now, there's a story circulating the whistleblower from three, the 3M Corporation said they were selling masks to foreign governments. Trump tweeted something about invoking the Production Act to make them stop doing this. But the main, the main issue is we keep seeing people say, why won't Trump invoke the Defense Production Act? Because he doesn't need to. So my understanding of what's happening is when Trump goes to one of these companies and says, we want you to make masks, they go, you got it, buddy. That's it. No, like they're not arguing. The Defense Production Act is to make them do it. But if they agree to voluntarily do it, Trump doesn't need to do anything. But yes, then the, we'll, we'll see politicians be like, Trump isn't invoking the act. Why, why would he just arbitrarily do that? That's absurd. And, and in fact, he is, he says. Number three, a senior military officer is in charge of purchasing, distributing, uh, etc. His name is Rear Admiral John Palauchik. Uh, he is working 24 hours a day and is highly respected by everyone. If you remember, my team gave you this information, but for public relations purposes, you choose to ignore it. We have given New York many things, including hospitals, medical centers, medical supplies, record numbers of ventilators and more. You should have had New York much better prepared than you did. And as Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke said yesterday, New York was very late in its fight against the virus. As you are aware, the federal government is merely a backup for the state governments. Unfortunately, your state needed far more of a backup than most others. Bill de Blasio's fault. 
Cuomo's fault. Look, Bill de Blasio deserves a ton of criticism. Cuomo deserves a little. Trump deserves a little. Cuomo with, you know, said, oh, we're not going to do a lockdown. And they should have done a lockdown a long time ago. Bill de Blasio, Nancy Pelosi, many other Democrats were telling people to go out in public and wave and smile, go to Chinatown, buy stuff. What we're experiencing is a two week lag time due to the incubation period. You know how like when you're looking at a star, you're actually seeing the star from, you know, billions of years ago or whatever. That supernova in the sky actually happened a long, long time ago. It took a while for the light to get to you. It's kind of like that. Right now, we have a bunch of people who are infected. We don't know they're infected. In two weeks, the number will skyrocket and it's going to be scary. Two weeks after that, we may, have be, pa- we may be past the peak because we've been locked down. The problem, I am seeing photos and videos emerging all the time. Crowded trains in New York. So yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to end in the next month, I would predict. But I'll tell you right now, New York is getting hit bad. It's not Trump's fault that people are ignoring your lockdown order. Seriously, Google the videos. There's people packed shoulder to shoulder and trains. I don't look, I'm not going to tell you what they, what they should or shouldn't do. I don't like any of the authoritarianism. There was some crazy story where a guy was paddle boating up by himself and they arrested the guy. There's like literally no one anywhere. They arrested the guy. I get it. The idea is that like, if one person does it, a bunch of other people might come and do it fine. But if, if, if there's a problem going on and they're attacking Trump for this, Trump isn't the frontline government for what's happening in New York City. Trump, as he states, is the backup. Makes sense to me. And he's still working on it. Look, you can argue that someone could have done a better job. Fine. But Bill de Blasio, Andrew Cuomo, then Trump. That's the order of how things are supposed to be going. Trump isn't supposed to just come in and supersede de Blasio. De Blasio was the one telling people to go party. Here's where it gets good. He says, if you spent less time on your ridiculous impeachment hoax, which went haplessly on forever and ended up going nowhere, except increasing my poll numbers and instead focused on helping the people of New York, then New York would not have been so completely unprepared for the invisible enemy. No wonder AOC and others are thinking about running against you in the primary. If they did, they would likely win. Woo, spicy. Fortunately, we have been working with your state and city governments, Governor Andrew Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio to get the job done. You have been missing in action, except when it comes to the press. While you have stated that you don't like Andrew Cuomo, you ought to start working alongside him for the good of all New Yorkers. I've known you for many years, but I never knew how bad a senator you are for the state of New York until I became president. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to call or in the alternative, call Rear Admiral Palauchik. Sincerely yours, Donald J. Trump. Now that is what I call a nuke from orbit. It would seem people like Schumer missing in action. I mean, I don't, look, I, he's a senator. I don't know what you'd expect him to be doing right now. I think the governor and the, and the, and the mayor, you know, first Bill de Blasio, then Cuomo, then Trump. That's the order of how, who should be handling this stuff. I don't know what Schumer's supposed to be doing, but it seems like he's not even paying attention. You know, for him to come out and be like, why don't we have a military person? And then Trump's like, what are you talking about? It's a rear admiral who's running this thing. And the same for Biden. It's like none of these people actually pay attention. But I think it's 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 one of two things. It's possible that there are many passive liberals. Like, you know, we, we talked about this on the podcast last night, Timcast IRL podcast. If you haven't seen it, check it out. We do the show every uh, 8, uh, 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. But we were talking about how passive liberals are just kind of doting about their business. They don't pay attention. They're not really reading, reading the news. And that's a serious risk because these people aren't going to be prepared for what's happening. It's possible that people like Biden and Schumer are passive. They don't pay attention to the news. They have no idea what's going on. So when they do come out and say stuff, 
They're like two weeks behind what's actually happening. And that would make sense. So, so here's, what we, here's what we get now. Trump in, in all of his, uh, I don't know, ar- ar- arrogant, but humorous fashion, appalled, Schumer says, appalled. Schumer is appalled over Trump letter. Stop the pettiness. Oh, but we can start with you. Come on, man. You can't do investigation after investigation and then accuse the president of doing things, of not doing things he's literally doing, and then get mad when he calls you out for it. Senate Minority Leader Schumer, Chuck Schumer, said he was appalled over a letter from President Trump in which the president criticized the Democratic leader as a bad senator and vulnerable to a primary challenge from the left. I love it. Oh, man. Spicy. Trump released the letter to Schumer after the New York senator sent his own letter asking the president to name a military official as a czar to oversee production and disbursement of medical equipment and invoke the Defense Production Act. Face palm. I spoke to the president late this afternoon and explained it. And the result is this letter. So I'm just appalled. You know, I say to the president, just stop the pettiness. People are dying. And so President Trump, we need leadership. We need to get the job done. Stop the pettiness, Schumer told MSNBC's Chris Hayes on Thursday night. I sent the letter with the best intentions. Yeah, dude, if you're two weeks behind what's going on and you're like, you show up, you show up like the ninth inning and you're like, I- I've, I've been here helping the whole time. It's like, dude, no, you weren't. You have no idea what's ta- what you're talking about. You have no idea what happened in the past. And now you're sending a letter to make it seem like you're useful. You then criticize the president. Meanwhile, Schumer and uh, I'm sorry, Schiff and Pelosi have all, are starting investigations into Trump right now as people are dying. As you said, we don't need this. That's your party. Look, I get it. Schumer, you aren't Pelosi. You aren't Schiff. But why don't you call them out and say, stop it. Stop the partisan stupidity and let the president do his job. And why don't you help him do his job if you think he's doing it bad? This is what really bothers me. My shout out, at least in, to, to as far as he deserves it, to Joe Scarborough, who has praised the president a couple times now, MSNBC host. He said, we must support the president, help him succeed. And later he said Trump's decision to push back the lockdown was smart. It will save lives. Absolutely. That's, that's, the, that's what we should be saying. If Schumer came out and said, I think the president could have done a better job, but pre, you know, President Trump, I am here, ready and able. Let me know what you need. I'd be like, bravo, good sir. Bravo. Let's, let's set aside the pettiness. If Schiff came out in all of his glorious pettiness, I'll throw it back at him, and said, as much as, you know, I'm critical of Trump, his companies and all of these things. Now is the time for us to stand together. I am ready and waiting for any help you might need on the coronavirus pandemic. We can get back to our disagreements politically after this is resolved. I'd be like, wow, bravo, good sir. That's not what we get. While Trump is actively setting aside his campaign and Bernie Sanders is too, to provide relief for this stuff, we can see what we really get from the establishment Democrats. Look, I don't like Bernie Sanders' policies, but at least he's fundraising for, for coronavirus, and, I, and he gets my respect for that. Anybody, I don't care what your politics are, you want to come out right now and help save lives? Bravo. End of story. That's it. We can argue later. We can save lives today. But Schiff and Pelosi, what are they doing? Well, Pelosi went out and said, like, everybody come have a big gathering. That's right. Like I said earlier, we're looking at a two-week delay, right, because of the incubation period. So when Pelosi and these other, these other Democrat politicians encouraged everyone to come out and celebrate and go to Chinatown and go and order food and all that stuff, you know what was actually happening? They were actively making it worse because two weeks later, these people now get sick. Do you know that in Spain on March 8th, they had, uh, on, on March 2nd, Spain and, and Europe had been warned by the European CDC not to have large gatherings. On March 8th, feminists went out in a massive march of hundreds of thousands of people. 
And now the government is facing criminal complaints to what extent I, that, you know, that goes. I don't know. I don't know what that really means. But people are upset because now Spain is like the second worst hit nation in the world because you allow these people to do this. So I'll tell you what, Pelosi and all these other politicians who are going around saying, like, come on, everybody, let's go. Let's go uh, get together. De Blasio, even. I'll set that aside. We didn't know. You know, you want to say Trump downplayed it? That's fine. So did Pelosi. So did the media. We can put that aside and we can get the job done that needs to be done. So if Chuck Schumer wants to say Trump should stop being petty, okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go and tell Pelosi and Schiff to shut up and drop it and stand behind the president in an effort to save lives? And then you can yell at him later. Whether you like the guy or not, he's the president. So we need to make sure he does get the job done. If he's not doing a good job, instead of complaining about it all day, why don't you actually say, let me, let me fix the things he's not doing right? No, we're going to investigate him. That doesn't help anybody. If Trump is supposed to be delivering you know, masks and test kits and he's not doing a good enough job, then you should figure out how you can get those, those test kits delivered. You figure out how to get those masks. If you don't think he's invoking the Defense Production Act, instead of going on TV and just complaining, why don't you go to companies and lobby them to start making masks? So back over at the the Schumer story, Schumer and Trump spoke twice by phone this afternoon, according to the Democratic senator's office. After Schumer explained what actions he was requesting Trump take, the president, according to Schumer's office, said he was already in the process of sending a very nasty letter to Senator Schumer, but he would try to stop it from going out and would apologize to Senator Schumer if he didn't stop it in time. Wow, interesting. The White House didn't immediately respond to a request for comment about the details of the phone call between Trump and Schumer. So it looks like Trump was ready to pull back to say, okay, Schumer called me. It's a good faith. I'll try and stop the letter. But the letter went out anyway. Schumer, during a TV hit on Wednesday night, and again in a letter Thursday, urged the president to put a military official in charge of overseeing the coronavirus supplies effort amid reports from states and hospitals that they are under-equipped for the growing number of cases. The existing federal leadership void has left America with an ugly spectacle in which states and cities are literally fending for themselves. They're supposed to. This is insane. You know what? It's, it's like they act like the state and local governments don't exist. The first thing that needs to happen, if you live in a small town, if you live in a city, why would like, so what, what they're really saying, you know what? This really bothers me is they're saying New York is more important than everyone else. That's what they're saying. That is literally what they're saying. What about Springfield, Ohio or something? I just chose Springfield because it's a generic name. But what if this is a small town, four or 5,000 people? Is it Trump's responsibility to go there and make sure they're enforcing lockdown orders and to provide supplies? Only after local government does. It is up to de Blasio and the local government, then, then the state government, and then Trump. It's not, he's not supposed to be the front line. He says, uh, Schumer's office noted that this is, that in his most recent phone call with Trump, Schumer explained how he had spoken with Peter Navarro, who has been tapped to enforce the DPA, but felt that person was not up to the job. He also told Trump that he was concerned about real Admiral John Palauchik, who was leading FEMA's supply chain task force. Trump lashed at Schumer in his letter, accusing him of using incorrect soundbites when talking about the administration's efforts. If you spent less time with on your ridiculous impeachment hoax. Oh, there it is again. Well, we, 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 uh, we read that one already. I think we all get the point. The, the, the Democrats are, 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 are fractured. They're fighting amongst each other. Pelosi and Schiff, uh, Pelosi is doing some kind of like oversight committee. Schiff is doing preliminary fact finding to an investigation on Trump's response. It is a major waste of our time. It's going to get nothing done and help no one. In fact, it will cost lives. So, you know, I, I, I'm just at this point, 
why would anyone vote for these people? I, I have no idea. You know, there were a couple people that were running in the primary that I liked. And since this broke, the coronavirus happened, and how I see, you know, media matters and all these other news outlets are reacting, blaming Fox News, blaming Trump. They downplayed it when they all literally did the same thing. My biggest fear now is if you elect any one of these Democrats, they will ignore what you need and they will immediately just start weaponizing things. Let me tell you why I feel this way. The most important thing for you to understand is that my opinions change. Every day there's a new story all the time, right? You can look at older videos from me and my opinions will be different. My predictions will be different because I'm just giving you my thoughts on the current state of, mat- of, of, you know, of what's happening in this country. Right now, what do I see? I see President Donald Trump on January 29th launching a task force, on January 31st suspending travel from China. I see Joe Biden ignoring it. I see the Democrats ignoring it. I see impeachment. I see nothing, nothing, nothing from Democrats. When given the power of the House of Representatives, what did they do? They wasted everyone's time with an impeachment they knew would fail. To this day, while we are facing a serious crisis and the president has brought together doctors, military personnel to distribute supplies, whether he's doing a good enough job or not, he's doing the job. And Pelosi and Schiff are doing investigations. And Schumer is two weeks behind what's actually happening, criticizing Trump for things that have already happened. They're not paying attention. They don't care. And all they're doing is slinging partisan mud. Now, yes, Donald Trump sent this letter. I personally don't find it appro- appropriate. I think it's hilarious. I think, you know, both those things can be true. And it, and it does seem like, you know, Schumer was saying Trump was going to try and pull that back. But Trump is responding to Schumer. Trump didn't initiate this. It seems like the only thing these Democrats know how to do is you give us power and we will cry about things. We won't get the job done. Now, as for the governors, Newsom, Cuomo, Apparently, they've been doing a pretty good job as well. So I'll tell you this, especially for Andrew Cuomo, my respect is as much as we can bicker on partisan issues. Of course, there's been a back and forth between Cuomo and President Trump. I don't like that. I don't care who's doing it, if it's Trump or Cuomo, whatever. I do think Cuomo has played a little bit of politics. You know, on the 6th, he said people were stealing masks. Then when Trump suggested people were stealing masks, he said, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Whatever. Fine. Trump was talking about a quarantine. Cuomo said no. That stuff's less relevant to me. I don't, I don't like the partisan bickering from either, from either you know, individual. What I do like is that Cuomo has been having daily press conferences. He is focused on getting the job done. He is asking for the president for help. He has given the president respect when he's gotten what he, need, what he needs. And Trump is doing similar. Uh, although they don't get along for the most part, my respect to a Democrat and a Republican, they're, they're both seemingly doing the best they can. Please stop the bickering between. We don't need it. As for the other Democrats, I roll. What are they doing? Twiddling their thumbs, launching investigations? I cannot believe that. I hope you all remember this. When this is over in a few months, hopefully, you remember what they did during this crisis. They tried to impeach the president. Then they launched an investigation of the president. How in any way will that save lives in a crisis? That's, that, that's it for me. That was like the final straw. Because I know that if I vote for one of these people for Congress, that gives them the power to do this again. They can only do it because they have the House. They have the majority. Nah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Uh, the next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. I'll see you all there. Politics don't really matter. And, and what I mean by that is like the policies you like or don't like. It's not very relevant in determining in this day and age, whether you're left, right, up, down, whatever. Nothing seems to make sense. And I've pointed this before. I'm going to defend Fox News. It's not because I agree with their political policy opinions. It's because they are being smeared by a leftist fake news outlet, Media Matters. And it's so 
easily, verifiably false what these people are saying. Now, it's true that Fox News has conservative pundits, probably why they're doing it, because it's for a political agenda, but it's such surface level BS. Like, I guess their thinking is, instead of arguing against why their ideas are bad, I'll just argue that they are bad, and then no one will hear their ideas, which to me is kind of evil, but it's literally what they do. Right now, Greg Gutfeld, according to the Daily Caller, is considering suing Media Matters employee over the five coronavirus coverage claim. I would go a bit further and, and, and say he hinted at taking some kind of legal action. It's not just so much he's considering it. Someone tweeted to him like, hey, here's a lawyer. And he said, I'm on it. Something like that. I'll show you. But it seems like, you know, he's considering or he's hinting at actually suing these people. It's about time. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal. That's the point I'm bringing up. If, if you like universal health care, that doesn't change the fact of whether or not you think the media is lying. You can absolutely support Medicare for all and still agree that the media is smearing Fox News and they're not playing fair. It's bad faith. And I'm going to break it down for you because it's kind of funny. But uh, let's just jump in. Let's, uh, let's, let's read the story from the Daily Caller. They say, Fox News' Greg Gutfeld is considering taking legal action against a Media Matters employee who accused him of lying about when the five began to take the novel coronavirus threat seriously. The Twitter feud began March 31st after the left-wing activist group's deputy director of rapid response, Andrew Lawrence, posted a clip of Greg Gutfeld talking about the virus on the five Tuesday. I wonder when the five sounded the alarm on the virus back in January. What was Chuck's concern? Gutfeld said in the clip. Lawrence tweeted that Greg Gutfeld says Fox's The Five sounded the alarm on coronavirus back in January, but he's lying and promptly sparked a feud with the Fox News host. After numerous back and forths with, forths with Lawrence, commenter, uh, commentator Dave Rubin chimed in and suggested Gutfeld hire lawyer Harmeet K. Dillon, uh, I'm sorry, suggested Gutfeld get lawyer Harmeet K. Dillon involved, just did, Gutfeld replied, which implies, I don't want to say he's considering anything, he's literally moving forward with some kind of legal action, whether it's a suit or whatever. The decision to consider legal action came after Gutfeld told Lawrence numerous times to retract his claim and admit he lied. Gutfeld even referred Lawrence to a pinned tweet that shows a clip of the five talking about the virus back in January. The January 28th segment that Gutfeld tweeted, shows the five talking about coronavirus and how important it is to take certain steps to slow the spread, such as issuing a travel ban on China. It's coming here unless you stop it, Gutfeld said on January 28th. So I do think we should consider a temporary travel ban on China. He even criticized the Trump administration. I kid you not, Gutfeld said our administra- the, the administration is not doing a very good job on this. Lawrence so far refused to retract his comment and apologize, doubling down on his original claim Media Matters employee even furthered his claims by accusing the five and Fox News' coverage of the virus of being dangerous enough to get people killed. The way your show and your network covered this from the beginning are going to get people killed, Lawrence said in one of the many tweets. It's just absurd. And then he, he responded, imagine. So here's what he said. A Fox News host. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the actual tweet. So this is Angelo Carazone, who I guess is one of the founders of Media Matters. For those that aren't familiar, Media Matters is specifically designed to smear and lie about the right. Now, I I could just go by what they claim they do, but that would not be fair. Media Matters claims they're trying to counter conservative misinformation, which makes very little sense because they pump out misinformation all day and night. It would seem that their real mission is just to screech conservative bad all day and night, regardless of whether or not they're saying truths or lies or whatever. In response to this, Angelo Corazon said, if Fox News host threatening to sue Media Matters for, wait for it, 
criticizing Fox's coronavirus coverage, says his show always took it seriously. The show did not always take it seriously. And that Media Matters for America is slandering. Imagine being so foxed up to assert Fox always took it seriously. You know what, Angelo? That's a great point. How could, you know, the, the people who watch Fox News are clearly delusional to, to, to even think that Fox was taking it seriously. They must have been, I don't know, watching Fox News when you were criticizing them for taking it too seriously. So let, let's get real. He's claiming Fox News didn't take it seriously, but Media Matters for America themselves accused Fox of fear-mongering January 27th. Media Matters is not a good faith organization. And that, that, that's why I take specific, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm not happy with NewsGuard, to say the least. NewsGuard is the third party service I use. They verify and certify other organizations and tell you what you can and can't expect from them. And they give Media Matters a green check mark. Are you kidding me? Look at this stuff. I don't know what you'd label this as. Check it out. The NewsGuard people say, they get a, seven, a 70 out of 100 in a score because they don't publish false content. They do gather information responsibly. No, they don't. They do not correct. They handle the difference between news and opinion responsibly and avoid deceptive headlines. Those are, those are some great technicalities. They ha- the reason that this organization, NewsGuard thinks they handle the difference between news and opinion responsibly is because they assert their, their goal is to counter you know, conservative misinformation. And because that's all they do, they're not a news outlet. I humbly disagree. And this is why as much as I will use NewsGuard, because they're not that bad, I'm not going to give them good marks for the most part. Media Matters does not present information responsibly. They do use deceptive headlines. And you have to look into the full context of what Media Matters is. Fox News fear mongers about coronavirus with dubiously sourced viral video. And Fox described the video as a Chinese nurse blowing the whistle on a higher than reported infection rate. The unverified video comes from an account known for pushing unsourced information in breaking news environments. What does unsourced mean? You see how they use weasel words? The New York Times just says they have a source and then the media just says it's true. Okay, I have a source right now who told me that, you know, the president just did a backflip. What source? Who? It's a homeless guy in the alley. You see how it works? You can't just say you have a source. Fox News showed a video January 27th, pointing this out. Look at this right here. On January 27th, Fox News's Fox and Friends ran two segments promoting what the network called a Chinese nurse blowing the whistle on Twitter and claimed the coronavirus infection rate is 33 times higher than what Chinese officials are reporting. Co-host Brian Kilmeade in an interview with Dr. Oz uh, said the outbreak is happening in this secretive society where candor is secondary and we're seeing clues that this is so much worse. Who was downplaying the coronavirus early on? So we'll, we'll see if Greg Gutfeld actually files a lawsuit. He has since responded saying this. Let, let me read this one first. 17 segments refute this lie. Your employee lied about what I said in the five and your backpedaling and goalpost moving reveals that. Do the right thing, not the ideological thing. Angelo, you know, I was concerned and made it clear. You know that in your heart. Last note to Angelo. I'm not trying to get you fired or ruin you. Media matter, media matters goal has always been that for me, but I won't do that to you. I think you're wrong. You think I'm evil. You can change that here and now. All I ask is you do the human thing, admit a wrong. You will feel better about it. Of course, the guy won't. When I posted a tweet pointing out that on January 27th, the criticism from media matters was that they were fear mongering and that today media matters is claiming they were downplaying it from the beginning 
This guy actually started tweeting insults at me. <laughs> okay, dude. As I said, is that it? Okay, I'm done. Like, if you're going to come at me and just call me names, here's what he said. He was like, you got a lot of formers in your Twitter bio there, buddy. Okay, <laughs> is that it? I, don't, I wouldn't care if you called me a bunch of names. He called me a grifter. I don't care. You literally didn't say anything about what I said. I'm fine if you insult me, dude. I don't care if people go on and call me names. I made a point. He said, I, I put LOL and I showed the two stories, that his tweet and the story. And then he said something like, he said, hi, stupid. Both things can be true. And I said, you're the same thing as Fox News. That's why it's funny. Now, it's fair to point out I was being a bit facetious or hyperbolic. Fox News opinion people, not a big fan of. I mean, Tucker Carlson's pretty good. The rest of the lineup, I'm not a big fan of. But they have decent news reporting. They're, uh, Brett Bayer, for instance, I think he's the best anchor on TV when it comes to straight laced news reporting. And I mean that. So Fox News as a news organization actually does news. Media Matters doesn't. They just pump out fake nonsense to smear people and make them look wrong. And, it, and it, you know what? You then get these liberals looking for confirmation bias. And that's their go-to source. These, these organizations that claim to be fact-checking. So no. But anyway, his response to me then was, you know, you got a lot of formers in your bio there. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. I, okay. You can, he could literally call me like the worst name in the book. And I just be like, I don't get it. Are you going to have an argument about how you're wrong? Or do you just throw a temper tantrum and insult people? I don't see the point in doing that. You didn't prove anything. You just got mad and then pouted and yelled on Twitter. That's fine if you want to do that. I don't care. It in no way affects me or my life. So congratulations. But I would like to do one more thing. So, so Greg may sue them. I really, really hope he does. I cannot stand the liars and the deception, the fake news people. Media Matters exists, in my opinion, specifically so that when liberals need to justify why they're right, they have a fake source backing them up and NewsGuard verifies it. Then they can be like, see, this story proves that Fox News never took it seriously. Look at the same website in January. They were attacking him for saying too much about the coronavirus. So we all know, Greg, uh, so, so Greg Gutfeld has a, uh, has a pinned tweet where he says, you know, it, it's from January 28th where he's like, we got to take this seriously. The administration isn't doing enough on this one. And they won't admit it. Yeah, I think you got a clear case for, for, for slander and libel. And you should, I, I, hope, I hope he does sue. But while the New York Times and all these outlets are wagging the finger at Fox News saying, you downplayed this and pulling select clips to make Hannity and Laura Ingram look bad and Trish Reagan, the reality is they all did it. So, you know, glass houses and stones, man. Pot calling the kettle black. Check out this story from, from uh, Huffington Post. Don't listen to Senator Tom Cotton about coronavirus. The GOP senator has spread misinformation and panic in a weeks-long meltdown over the disease. January 31st. You know why the Huffington Post said this? Because Tom Cotton, who was right, said we needed a, a, a lockdown. We needed to get our people out of China. We need to suspend travel. Trump ended up doing it. And because as we know, the orange man is bad. Well, you end up getting this Huffington Post pushing back on what we now know to be a horrible, horrible article. We know how serious it is. Tom Cotton was completely right. Now they try and claim Tom Cotton's pushing conspiracy theories about a bioweapon. No, he wasn't. He said, we don't know the origins and any intelligent person would recognize that there's a level four biolab in Wuhan. It doesn't mean it came from there. It doesn't mean it's likely it came from there. It's more likely and most likely that this is a naturally occurring coronavirus. We've seen it happen before. Yet the media only highlights the fact that he mentioned it existed and then try and make it seem like he's fear mongering because the orange man is bad because conservatives are bad. Leftist digital outlets are selling you out just to complain about conservatives. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I'm not a big fan. A lot of the, the, the Fox pundits, I do think Tucker Carlson's one of the best pundits on TV for sure. He was right about this. February, I think third, he personally, he, he does a show. He personally flies down and talks to Trump and gets him to take this more seriously. Tucker very well may have saved this country and saved hundreds of thousands of lives. That's, that's serious. Here's what they say. Senator Tom Cotton has been on an absolute tear about coronavirus, calling for all Americans in China to get out now, demanding the U.S. implement an extensive travel ban targeting China, proposing a Manhattan Project level effort to uh, create a vaccine, a reference to the undertaking that produced the atomic bomb. Could you imagine if on January 31st, we did have a Manhattan Project level vaccina- you know, vaccination program for coronavirus? We might not be locked down. Could you imagine if the Americans we had to evacuate from China got out when Tom Cotton warned them to get out? Could you imagine what would have happened then? Those people would have not been stuck in China. Well, some of them got evacuated. Many people ended up getting stuck in China. And if only they heeded the warnings of Tom Cotton. You know what he was saying? The CDC had warned people to get out of China, but there was no harsh restrictions. He said, I believe this was him. If you're going to say Americans should leave, we should not allow other people from, from China to be coming here unless they're our citizens, right? We're evacuating them. Axios pointed out the State Department had authorized evacuations from China. We knew it was coming. Fox News and Republicans did sound the alarm well before the left did. And the left likes to erase the past because it's, they're not seriously trying to inform you. But now we can see how the media truly operates. You've got these hit pieces smearing Fox News, accusing them of all the worst things in the book, saying they downplayed it when there was back and forth. Everybody downplayed it. Some people didn't. Some people did. Take a look at this one from the DC Examiner. No, liberal media outlets don't have a good reason for ignoring Joe Biden's accuser. Amazing. Apparently, there was a leftist digital website writing for Salon. Left-wing journalist Amanda Marcotte tried to pull a blindfold over her audience's eyes with an article attempting to explain away this double standard. Why is it that the mainstream media won't report on the credible accusation against Joe Biden? It's not about policy. It's not about liking Biden or hating Biden. It's not about uh, liberal conservative. It's about the media and the Democrats lying. We can talk about policy, and I'm likely to agree with some of the things espoused by some of the more moderate Democrats, but they're all liars. Joe Biden was credibly accused by a woman. What happened? The media didn't run the story. Like major media outlets ignored it. And so what happens is Salon then says, but we, we must be protective of the accusers and the accused. Oh, please, dude. No one's buying it. Joe Biden was accused of something. Personally, I don't like people digging up 30 year history to like try and smear somebody. And so it would make sense not to, to, to do the story on anyone, but they love to do it on Trump. They love to do it on Brett Kavanaugh. You see how this all flows in one direction. The media is a dirty, dirty game. It's politics. There are some good journalists, typically local journalists, but these major outlets, the Washington Post, New York Times, are absolutely being weaponized against conservatives. It's easier to shut them down instead of arguing the ideas, I guess. And it makes me wonder about the veracity of the ideas. Is it possible that many of these news organizations, these leftists, these Democrats know they're wrong? They know they couldn't win an argument if they tried. So they have to lie and defame the arguer instead of the actual idea. Makes sense to me. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It's a different channel, and I will see you all then. Man, there's a lot of reasons I thought we could be getting closer to a serious war, maybe World War Three or whatever, and Venezuela wasn't really on my radar. I mean, they're on my radar more than many other countries, but Iran is certainly an issue. China is an issue, but 
Venezuela just acts, well, a Venezuelan naval vessel sank because it rammed an international cruise ship. This is freaky. Why was Venezuela sending out a naval vessel to ram a cruise ship? I don't know, and I don't trust them. They're claiming that there was some kind of aggression or piracy. It could be because the cruise ships have coronavirus and they were panicking. I just don't know. But I'll tell you what, you want to start a war, send out a Navy vessel to go ram civilian vessels. Check out this store. And I got more than just this. Check this out. Venezuelan Navy vessel sinks after ramming a cruise ship from the BBC. The owners of the Portuguese flagged RCGS Resolute said the naval vessel Niguata also fired shots in an act of aggression in international waters. The collision left the cruise ship, which has a reinforced hull for sailing in icy waters with only minor damage. Let me just stop right now and say, Venezuela, let me just point out, Venezuela's Navy has weaker ships than private crew, like private cruises. Yikes, man. The, uh, they say Venezuela accused the Resolute of an act of aggression and piracy. I don't buy it. It also said it did not rule out that the cruise ship was transporting mercenaries to attack military bases in Venezuela. What? Venezuela's losing it, man. President Nicolas Maduro has previously accused the US and other countries of plotting to overthrow him. The incident took place near La Tortuga Island, a Venezuela federal dependency on March 30th. Columbia Cruise Services, which operates the Resolute, said the cruise ship had been carrying out routine engine maintenance in international waters more than 13 nautical miles from La Tortuga. A statement from the Hamburg-based company said that shortly after midnight, the Niguada radioed the Resolute, questioning its intentions, and ordered the captain to follow it to a port on Isla Margarita to the east. While the master was in contact with the head office, gunshots were fired, and shortly thereafter, the Navy vessel approached the starboard side at speed and purposely collided with the RCGS Resolute. The Navy vessel continued to ram the starboard bow in an apparent attempt to turn the ship's head towards Venezuelan territorial waters. They were trying to seize this vessel, it would seem. Why? Well, I got some theories. I mean, oil prices have been collapsing. So the only thing Venezuela actually has access to in terms of wealth, oil, is, is worthless. And they're becoming desperate. Food shortages, chaos. And it now seems that Venezuela, at least in my opinion, reading this for now, we'll, we'll read more, was trying to seize the vessel. Although the Resolute, a purpose-built polar expedition vessel, suffered minor damage, the patrol boat began taking on water after hitting its bulbous bow, according to the statement. Columbia Cruise Services said the Resolute remained in the area for more than an hour and contacted rescue coordinators on the Dutch Caribbean island of Curacao. All attempts to contact the Niguata went unanswered, and the Resolute eventually sailed to Willemstad on Curacao, it added. A statement by the Venezuelan military in Spanish accused the Resolute of cowardly and criminal behavior since it did not attend to the rescue of the crew. It said all the crew of the Niguata had been rescued but did not give details. Defense Minister Vladimir Padrino Lopez accused the Resolute of ramming the vessel, which caused its sinking. President Maduro said an investigation had been launched and he expected maximum collaboration from authorities in Curacao. I'll tell you what, if you are not worried, you are not paying attention. I have said over and over again, as resources become strained, as we're facing a major global pandemic and borders start shutting down, someone will become desperate. And I should have been paying attention better. Venezuela, a very desperate nation. 
It seems now, based on this story from the BBC, and who knows? I don't know who to trust, but I don't trust Venezuela. They were trying to seize this cruise liner. Well, cruise liners have a lot of resources, valuables, probably food stores and fuel. And it seems like they're trying to force that ship to go into their waters where they could probably have taken control of it. But their naval vessels are pathetic. And when trying to ram the vessel, they sank. I really do not believe that a private civilian cruise liner was ramming a naval vessel that makes no sense. What would they have to gain from it? Now, perhaps the cruise liner needed somewhere to dock. Maybe they had coronavirus. I don't know. That's been the big story right now. But they're saying that they were engaging in routine maintenance. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to throw this one to Venezuela is in serious crisis. Venezuela's financial crisis exacerbated by oil price war and the coronavirus. So yeah, what we could be looking at is a desperate nation trying to seize resources and attacking civilians. Now, they're not, they're not going after neighboring countries just yet, but that's the fear. How long until they start going into neighboring countries to seize resources by force because trade is broken? I don't know. Maybe it's not possible. Maybe it gets worse. Check this out. Trump, U.S. to deploy anti-drug Navy ships near Venezuela. And here we go. Maybe this leads to an escalation of conflict. Maybe some of these other countries that we don't like come to the aid of Venezuela. I don't necessarily believe it. But even if we just had a war with Venezuela, that would be scary. If we're looking at Venezuela engaging in some kind of naval military action, what do you think is going to happen when the U.S. naval vessels show up? Now, I think it's fair to point out U.S. naval vessels are going to be substantially better equipped and armored than these pathetic Venezuelan ships. Look, I get it. Cruise liners are pretty massive, you know, strong boats or whatever you want to call it, ships. So I don't know, though, man, if that's the best you could muster up Venezuela, that's sad and pathetic. They're becoming a rogue state. The AP reports Donald Trump announced Wednesday that Navy ships are being moved towards Venezuela as his administration beefs up counter narcotics operations in the Caribbean following the U.S. drug indictment against Nicolas Maduro. The announcement came at the start of the daily White House press briefing to discuss the coronavirus pandemic, which has left much of the country in lockdown and which the government warns would cause 100,000 to 240,000 deaths. The Venezuelan people continue to suffer tremendously due to Maduro and his criminal control over the country, and drug traffickers are seizing on this lawlessness, Mark Esper said after the president's announcement. The deployment is one of the largest U.S. military operations in the region since the 1989 invasion of Panama to remove General Manuel Noriega from power and bring him to the U.S. to face drug charges. It involves assets like Navy warships, AWACS surveillance aircraft and on ground special forces seldom seen before in the region. We've got escalation in Central and Latin America. We've got escalation in Iraq and Afghanistan. What comes next? I don't know. But we have a brewing trade war between the US and China, and China's been lying and slowing down our response to the coronavirus. Could this be the, pro- the, the, the preliminary actions taken before a major international conflict? I do not know. But if you're not worried, you're not paying attention. I, 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 I'll say, I'll say one thing. I'll say one. I'll say maybe, maybe I'll talk about more. But I am uh, at this point eternally grateful to our uh, obsessive, to say the least, gun culture in the United States. While many people wanted Americans to be disarmed, never forget that one of the reasons we don't get invaded is because there is a gun behind every blade of grass. 
And now you're seeing urban liberals flock to gun stores and pick up weapons as fast as they can. Donald Trump said that gun stores are an essential service. Well, I'll tell you what, if it comes to the point where we are facing serious international conflict, Iran might be involved, Venezuela, China, who knows? I don't know where Russia would fall. I'll tell you what, though, as a probable non-combatant, right? I'm just an internet complainer. I'm not going to be on the front lines of this. And no, I don't want any people invading the US. Now, it came to the point where real war broke out and there are people storming the beaches of, you know, I don't know, Manhattan Beach, California or something, or Newport News, which would probably be a bad place because of the military base there. But you get the point. Yeah, I, I would absolutely seek to defend this country, which is why the point I'm making is, yes, you will have many Americans armed to the teeth, which will make it very, very difficult for anyone to invade our territory. But of course, major urban centers aren't nearly as armed. And that could be that could be serious trouble, be very difficult. I don't know how things would play out. But I will say if the US is sending you our warships to Venezuela for any reason, I don't care what the reason is, while Venezuela is engaging in these actions, uh, yeah, war seems likely. Now, I, I do have one more uh, point I want to bring up, not, not a full segment, just to mention. Uh, Navy Chief Thomas Modley says they sacked Theodore Roosevelt, uh, the captain, because he put the crew at risk by, uh, with a leaked coronavirus letter because our adversaries in the region will think that one of our warships might be crippled. You, you probably heard the story. The, the guy released a letter saying we need help, got leaked. They relieved him of command. Everyone cheered his name. Seems like a good dude. But as they say, loose lips sink ships. I pointed this out before, that if our enemies start to believe that our military is becoming crippled due to the virus, it's, it's now or never for them. They might say this is our best chance to strike. Raises a lot of questions a whole lot of questions. But with the economic collapse, we are weaker than ever. We're strong, but we are weaker than ever. There's difficult times ahead, and I hope war is not on the horizon. But man, are we seeing that escalation, so you better get ready. It may not happen. Maybe this will all blow over. I don't know what to expect. But I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around. I will see you all shortly. There are certainly good reasons to abide by the lockdown orders, the quarantines. We don't want to spread this. But now we have a story that's actually shocking a lot of people. A guy was paddle boarding by himself and he got arrested. The Coast Guard actually came out, arrested this guy, and they say it's for flouting state stay at home order. This to me is kind of shocking. They've said over and over again, you can still go for walks. You know, you can mind your own business. Just don't go in crowds. But in Malibu, this guy literally just him in the ocean was enough to get locked down. This to me is very strange. Why is this happening? I don't know. Perhaps local authorities are a bit overzealous. They get told, here are the orders and they say we better arrest everybody. Now, to be fair, it's possible they're trying to make sure that this doesn't become a trend. We've seen many people going on the beaches, ignoring these orders. And maybe their mentality is if we let one person do it, everyone will come. I don't like the idea. If one person is minding their own business, going for a walk, you'll ignore them. But if he has a paddle boat, all of a sudden he's getting arrested. He's in the middle of the ocean, man. Oh, there's more stories too. Another woman was recently arrested for violating quarantine and they gave her an ankle monitor. You want to talk about scary wartime authoritarianism? Welcome to the party. KTLA5 says, paddle border arrested at Malibu Pier for flouting state stay-at-home order. A paddle border was arrested after ignoring lifeguards, order, lifeguards' orders to get out of the ocean amid social distancing rules. The lifeguards flagged down deputies for assistance, but the man ultimately chose to stay in the water alongside the Malibu Pier for about 30 to 40 minutes, 
LA County Sheriff officials said in a Facebook post. Deputies summoned their patrol boat from Marina Del Rey, and the man swam to shore once it arrived. He was subsequently arrested on suspicion of disobeying a lifeguard and violating Governor Gavin Newsom's stay-at-home order, a misdemeanor. He was booked at the sheriff's station in Calabasas before being released with a notice to appear in court. Officials did not release any identifying information on the man. He could face a $1,000 fine, up to six months in jail or both. So far, the state order has not been widely enforced by police agencies, but this isn't the first time this week a Southern California man has faced consequences for being in the ocean. According to the LA Times, a surfer in Manhattan Beach was fined $1,000 last weekend after similarly ignoring repeated orders to exit the ocean. But it's unclear how many, if any, other people in the region have been arrested for violating the governor's order. Now, I think it's fair to point out if this guy just got out of the ocean, they probably would not have arrested him. He probably would have just picked up his board, been on his merry way. But why should he not? Why should he be forced to get out of the ocean? It's, there's no one around him. Some people have said the virus is in the water and it's washing around and you'll get it. To me, that just sounds like a cop out. This is minding its own business. I think people are getting this, this. This is exactly what happens when you give power. It's intended to be used for one thing and it gets abused. I remember I remember reading a story. I don't know how true this is, maybe apocryphal, where, you know, in New York, for instance, it's illegal to drink in public. I read the story where apparently one of the local politicians said, never will this law be misconstrued to claim that a person can't enjoy a beer with their lunch. The idea was that you couldn't drink in public meant these vagrants who were drunk and stumbling around could be detained or arrested or they could stop him. And the idea they thought that, no, of course, if somebody wanted to crack a beer out with their lunch, they'd be fine. Well, today, no one cares or knows why the law is what the law is. All they know is you can't do it. Therefore, you can't do it. That's what we see. They say, we're going to impose these laws because we don't want you having parties and, and getting people sick. I don't think the law was intended to stop a dude from minding his own business on his paddleboard in the ocean. But of course, the authorities don't care. They were just told, you can't do it. You're under arrest. And here you go. Disobeying the order. Kim Prather, who works for Scripps Institute, Institution of Oceanography, told the LA Times, that the beach could be one of the most dangerous places in California amid the outbreak. She said she fears the virus is being washed into the ocean and transferred back into the air along the coast. I wouldn't go in the water if you paid me $1 million right now. I don't buy it. She's an, oceanogra- she's an oceanographer. She's not a doctor. And she's making a weird claim. It sounds to me like she just wants to scare people to get them to stay away from the beach. I get it. People shouldn't be going to the beach. Dude, seriously, if you're listening to me right now, don't go to the beach. Not because the water is going to spray you and you're going to catch magic water virus, because the other people there will do it. The other people there are carrying the virus, not the sand and not the ocean. But she's not a doctor. I'm not going to take her advice. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks. Yeah, I'll say if they come out and say this, I'll be like, all right, all right, all right. I got it. Worried the virus is going to be in the water. Look, they're trying as hard as they can to get people to stop breaking these quarantines. And we did as a country initially go very libertarian on this one. But it's still in New York. People are packing trains. They're going out. And, and this is what you get. Wartime authoritarianism. Nah, I'm not a fan. Be honest. Don't play stupid games where you're going to tell people the water is going to have virus in the air. You know what, man? Maybe you're not a doctor. Check this out. In uh, this is, uh, I believe, uh, Florida, maybe woman arrested for violating COVID-19 quarantine order. Check this out. They say Wednesday, police say 38-year-old Melissa Barton was seen walking in downtown Stewart. According to an arrest report, Barton had been active on Facebook discussing her COVID-19 test that she took 11 days before her arrest. The report says, according to witnesses, 
Barton had entered a clothing store and shopped for a brief time and then exited the store, continuing to walk around the downtown area. Witnesses expressed grave concern for the safety and health of themselves and others. Police also wrote that on April 1st, Barton posted a video on Facebook just hours prior to making contact with police, stating she believed her test would come back positive. There were about three or four calls that came in. A couple of my detectives got some phone calls from the downtown business people who I guess identified this woman from Facebook. The initial call was the concern she could be COVID positive, possible, and she probably shouldn't have been if, uh, going out if this was the case. Officers arrested her for disorderly conduct and violation of Governor Ron DeSantis's executive order. This lady left our hands tied, and we had to take her to the Marin County Jail. According to the governor's executive order, 2051, anyone who meets the CDC's definition of a person under investigation is supposed to be isolated or quarantined for a period of 14 days or until the person tests negative for COVID-19. Barton is among the many still waiting for test for test result. Her social media indicates she was experiencing symptoms days before she was able to get a test. She told police she no longer had symptoms. Guidance from the Florida Department of Health states that people should begin to quarantine themselves for 14 days, beginning on the day they believe they were exposed to the virus. Chief Tuminelli says his officers are not instructed to go looking for arrests, calling a more extreme case. The intent is not to arrest. The intent is to educate and ask for compliance. But if my officers do come across someone, a group of 10 or more, they're going to tell them, hey, practice social distancing. We're not going to make arrests on that, only in extreme circumstances to where our hands are tied. If I can get somebody to go home who needs to go home, they'll go home. Sounds like this woman was not wanting to go home. Sounds like the police said, I don't know. She posted a video. You can check it out. But in this instance, it sounds like the cops were like, can you please go home? People are worried and she didn't want to do it. So they arrested her. Now, here's the scary part. They say Barton was released from jail with an ankle monitor. Whoa. Court records show she will be confined to her home with a GPS tracking device until she receives a negative test. That's scary, man. Why should I trust the people who are doing the tests? I don't know. For the most part, look, I'm game. You tell me stay home. I'm not going out because I don't want to get sick. I'm not going to go out and flaunt that stuff. You can look if people are going to go out and party and ignore this stuff. Fine, whatever. But there's a line, man. And you know what? Daddy Scotland, good old Count Dankula, put it best with an epic Lord of the Rings meme. Here we can see it's uh, can I there we go. It's uh, a Zildor. I believe that's a Zildor. And uh, oh, man, I'm forgetting the uh, Elrond. That's his name, right? Am I getting all the Lord of the Rings fan are getting mad at me. And you can see the one ring emergency powers people after coronavirus dies down, cast it into the fire, destroy it. And the government's looking on and saying, no, I love this meme. I've used it before. I use it for impeachment. The joke I made before was that the moderates who voted in the moderate Democrats in these Trump districts were saying orange man, bad narrative, you know, impeachment, cast it into the fire, destroy it, hoping that these Democrats would eventually come out and just, you know, actually embrace kitchen table issues as a key policy or, 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 or as their, their primary function, what they should, should be you know, going for. Instead, they went straight for impeachment. But here we can see it. I assure you, they will never give up these powers. It will always be an emergency. Every time you say, and only an emergency, you can do this. Well, guess what? We've been in under, we've been in a state of emergency basically forever. It's never stopped. It never will stop. And this is what they use to violate your constitutional rights. Putting an ankle monitor on someone so you can trap them, track them via GPS until the doctors give them the all clear. That is horrifying, dystopian, nightmare level stuff. 
There's no excuse for it, period. If someone won't go home, you drive them home. You don't arrest them and charge them with a misdemeanor or give them an ankle monitor. You drive them home. And everyone should be paying attention how serious this is. All right, we've got a serious pandemic happening around the world and the US has hit pretty hard. There are serious concerns about potential war. Now is not the time to be going and partying and flaunting these things. Rights come with responsibilities, but that doesn't give an excuse to the police arresting a paddleboarder. Dude, let the guy paddleboard. Mind your own business. If multiple, multiple people start showing up, then you crack down. If it's one person, you got to chill. Otherwise, we will see riots in the streets. We will see people saying enough and then everything breaks down and it's dangerous enough already. I'll tell you what, man, when food starts becoming too expensive, when people can't get resources, they get angry. When you respond with an authoritarian crackdown, they get angrier. It is not how you handle this. If you want to see everything fall apart, keep doing this stuff. It's not a good idea. Find the balance. It's like a Chinese finger trap. You know, you pull harder thinking it's going to be the right solution. It's not. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. At first, we heard that Cuomo of CNN was infected with the coronavirus. I hope he gets better. We're all, we're all about, you know, we're all rooting for everybody. We don't want anyone to get sick and die. But now we're hearing also Brooke Baldwin has the coronavirus. Seriously, I mean it. For all the criticism I've thrown at CNN, they are within their rights to be fake news and all that nasty stuff. But listen, Cuomo and Baldwin need to get healthy, need to get better. The way we, the, the, the way this is supposed to work is that our ideas are, we, we battle them out. And I, I seriously hope these people do recover. I'm going to read you the story, but I want to start by saying that everything else, political bickering, these are luxury items. Twitter flame wars, these are luxury items. We do not have the opportunity for luxury. Cuomo apparently stated that he lost 13 pounds, that this thing hit him hard. And I seriously hope he gets over it. He gets back to work and he does his CNN thing. I think it was, I think it may, maybe it was Jake Tapper. I can't remember if it was Cuomo or Tapper saying that his kids call him fake news when they get mad at him. Yeah, there's funny things to talk about. Politics and bickering and complaints, it's all luxury. The health and safety of the American people comes first and foremost. So seriously, guys, get better. CNN anchor Brooke Baldwin reveals she has coronavirus days after her colleague Chris Cuomo also tested positive. You know what this means? There is going to be a major breakdown at CNN. Not okay. There's going to be many other staffers. It's not just them. They can't be the only ones who are getting sick. I'm worried there are going to be many more people all throughout New York, including staff at CNN who are going to be sick. Daily Mail says the 40-year-old journalist announced her diagnosis in an Instagram post on Friday afternoon, just days after her colleague Chris Cuomo shared that he had tested positive for COVID-19. I've tested positive for the coronavirus, she wrote. I'm okay. It came on suddenly yesterday afternoon, chills, aches, fever. Here's what she wrote. Hi, friends. I've tested positive for coronavirus. I am okay. It came on suddenly yesterday afternoon, chills, aches, fever. I've been social distancing, doing all the things we're we're being told to do. Still, it got me. I'm healthy. No underlying conditions. Honestly, I feel like one of the lucky ones. I look forward to being back on TV and seeing you real soon. And shout out to the doctors and nurses who are doing the real work right now. Sending sending heart BB. P.S. I am listening to Bill Withers on repeat. I knew him, adored him and will miss him. She says that uh, they report the day before Baldwin revealed her diagnosis, Cuomo, 49, appeared on a CNN town hall about the coronavirus on Thursday night. The journalist has been delivering updates on his condition and the severity of his coronavirus symptoms from, the, from his basement, having officially tested positive on Tuesday. He previously revealed that he was suffering a fever, 
so debilitating that he hallucinated a conversation with his late father, former New York governor Mario Cuomo, chipped his tooth from shivering so intensely and felt like he was being beaten like a pinata. Some people have mocked him over his, you know, chipping his tooth and all that stuff. Nah, man, I'm not going to play that game. No way, dude. I got my beef with the people at CNN, but I seriously want to see these people get better. I do not want to hear about them suffering and getting sick. Dude, like I said, man, it is a luxury. Take this stuff seriously. Chris Cuomo tweeted, thank you for the well-wishing and all the advice. We all need to be careful about what we take right now. A lot of the remedies online are untested and even good ingredients in huge doses can be toxic. We'll discuss tonight what is and is not working for me. Again, thanks. The TV host has become one of the main faces representing coronavirus patients across the country as national cases rise to over 258,000 and the death toll jumped to 6,605 on Friday. Cuomo revealed to fellow host Anderson Cooper and Dr. Sanjay Gupta that he had lost 13 pounds in the last three days because the fever was causing him to sweat so much. I'm just sweating it out and it's the sickness, he said. He issued a stark warning that fake cures are being pushed on the internet by those hoping to take advantage of the vulnerable, scared, and desperate. I, yes, I agree. But you also got to recognize there are misinformed, ill-informed, good-intentioned people. We got to be careful. I'm not going to tell you who to trust and who not to trust. I am no fan of CNN. Actually, I think Anderson Cooper is all right, but they all have their faults, seriously. I don't think they're the worst of the worst, but they're certainly not my favorite, and I don't use them as a source. I don't want to see any of these people get sick. I don't want to see anyone get sick. I wouldn't wish this on on my worst enemies. People are selling a lot of lies and people are buying it up because of the desperation. I get it, but they don't work. There's no proof in any of them, he warned. I think we have to be very careful about people preying on desperation. 100%. I completely agree. He did, however, applaud the simple recipe of chicken soup, saying that it was helping to break the fever. Cuomo added that his fever hit war, uh, hits worse at nighttime, but that he is continuing with his show despite offers from his CNN co-workers to take a break. I'm doing well. The beast comes at night, he told Cooper. As we know, the healthcare workers have taken to call the virus the beast. I understand why. My fever has gone up a couple of degrees in like the last 30 minutes. Nights are tough. I've learned something that I didn't know before. It is responsible journalism to say that 80% of the people who get this statistically wind up okay, meaning they don't get a hospital. They get it. They get through it. It is not humanly responsible, though, from an ethical perspective, he added. Now that I am one of the anointed and these people reach out to me, you suffer when you have this at home, unless you are ridiculous, ridiculously lucky statistically and maybe karmically as well. This is a very, very important point. Other people have brought up. I mentioned this. The people who don't get hospitalized are still being slammed by this. Not everybody. We have heard that some people get a sniffle. Some people get, get a cough. But you got to understand those who need to be hospitalized, and the number ranges from 15 to 20%. These are severe cases where people probably, well, they could die without medical intervention. Cuomo is saying it's, it's smacking them in the face, calling it a beast, massive fever, losing all this weight a bad flu, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gotten the flu, but I would not want a bad flu. I had the flu before. It was bad. I couldn't imagine it being worse. I literally thought I was going to die. Seriously. This was a long time ago. I haven't gotten the flu in a very, very long time. But when I did, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I was scared. I had this flu and I was actually asking family. I I, I think I have to go to the hospital and they're like, it's the flu. Just drink your fluids. I couldn't imagine getting something worse. And that's what people are getting. And many of them aren't going to the hospital because, well, you know, some people aren't going to make it, even if they don't go to the hospital. There's a lot of 911 calls in New York City right now. It's hard to know when you get sick, 
when's the appropriate time to call 911 and go to the hospital? Me as a young person, I've never done it. But certainly people are doing it now, and it's hard to know where that line is. Cuomo also commented on the lack of testing in the country, saying that although he's spend, spending up to 10 hours a day trying to sleep off the fever, he is still actively trying to help New York in finding more equipment. Bravo, man. Look, I'm, I'm willing to bet he's going to slam the president, whatever. But if instead of complaining about what Trump is doing and the lack of equipment, you focus on how you can help, then you have my respect. When I do have a couple of good hours, I'm still trying to do help with procurement for the state of New York because they are really fighting state by state which is so stupid to get the equipment that they need. So I don't know how I got it. And most people don't. Anderson, and we are so far behind on testing. We're telling ourselves these lies about testing. We're nowhere near where we need to be. If you've got a problem with testing, if you think the orange man is bad, I, I don't care. You're allowed to think that. But what I'm hoping is that you focus your energy on solving the problem instead of complaining about it. I know, I know I get it. I'm complaining too, but at least to a certain degree, I'm actually talking about the fake news because that is kind of a solution to it. He had touched on the subject earlier on Thursday when he appeared alongside his brother, Andrew, for the New York governor's daily coronavirus briefing. We can see several photos of them and their family. I didn't actually know that uh, uh, his dad was governor and then his, you know, the guy's son became governor. Chris joined the briefing via remote video feed from the basement of his home in New York City where he was seen casually dressed in a green hoodie and baseball cap. Chris said, it's going to be a long slog. Now I know the fight I'm in for. I see why it takes people out. He said he began experiencing strong symptoms on the night he was diagnosed, revealing that the constant fevers have even crept into his dreams. That night I got hit with a fever and rigors. It was like out of a movie. I had hallucinations. I was seeing pop, he said, referencing their late father, Mario Cuomo, a three-term New York governor. You came to me in a dream, Chris told his brother. You had on a very interesting ballet outfit and you were dancing in the dream and you were waving a wand and saying, I wish I could wave my wand and make this go away. Okay, that's very interesting, but I appreciate it. Obviously, the fever has affected your mental capacity. Governor Cuomo replied before adding, well, you look good. I have to tell you, comparatively, you look good. So uh, he posted this on Twitter. Cuomo first announced on Tuesday that he tested positive for COVID-19. So in these difficult times that seem to get more difficult and complicated by the day, I just found out that I am positive for coronavirus. I have been exposed to people in recent days who have subsequently tested positive, and I had fever, chills, and shortness of breath. I just hope I didn't give it to the kids and Christina. That would make me feel worse than the illness. But Cuomo assured his followers that we will all beat this by being smart and tough and united. The chilling extent of the effect of the virus on his body was only heard on Wednesday when he spoke about the sleepless nights he suffered as symptoms ravaged his body. I want you to be thinking about everybody who is not as lucky as I am, who are dealing with the same that I am, uh, I am, and 10 times worse, especially after what I learned last night, he said of his illness. Now, I, I want to point out one last thing. A lot of people are, are saying, why are all these celebrities getting it? Why are these TV personalities getting it? There's a lot of people who move in and out of CNN's studios. There's a lot of travel. CNN suspended unnecessary travel, but there's still a lot of travel. Celebrities were bouncing around on airplanes, were flying around meeting and greeting and shaking hands. So yeah, a lot of interactions. I wish them all the best, but I want you all to, to, to keep to realize it's very, very likely that CNN is going to be hit really, really hard by this. And look, man, I got my complaints about CNN. You know it, but I don't want to see them shut down this way. I want to see them, you know, uh, fix their make, fix their mistakes, do what they got to do because they lost the war of ideas. I don't think everything they say is completely wrong. I use them as sources very often. 
But just like many networks, they got bad pundits. Don Lemon is terrible. Chris Cuomo is actually kind of all right. Not perfect. He said stupid things. I get it. And we can argue those things. And I like arguing those things. It's a healthy thing for our country. If he comes out and says something that I think is dumb, I'll come out and say, hey, I think it's dumb. If he comes out and he's very, very sick and he's losing all this weight, I wish him the best. I hope he gets better. And I hope all of them do. And I hope you understand why it's so important we all feel that way. No matter how much you might not like somebody, when it comes to who we are in this country, we are, we are the American you know, people. We make our country better by arguing over these ideas, as annoying as some people might be. It is good that we, 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 we fight these things out and the good ideas win. And it is good that we come together and we, we do what we got to do to make sure we beat this thing. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.